0: People of Earth, we have come
1: to upgrade your cosmic consciousness. DNA activation ready
0: in three, two, one. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Craig Anderson.
1: And I'm Lou Quinto. Lou, how are you today? You ready to go? I'm, it's hot. I mean, it's, it's humid. It's hot. I mean, just walking up the stairs, it's like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, everything is cool. Yeah, otherwise it's (laughs) fine. Very good. Well, hey, Lou,
0: last week we talked about how organizations fail their new leaders by not positioning them for success.
1: Was that last week?
0: (laughs) That was just last week. Time flies when you're having fun.
1: Yeah. This week, or, or, or when you're getting old like me, you forget.
0: <laughs> I thought it was just yesterday.
1: I've slept a few times since then.
0: <laughs> well, today, so regardless of what we remember, today, what we're going to talk about is how new leaders can set themselves up for success, what they can do themselves, even if they work with an organization that doesn't properly prepare leaders, they can do some things for themselves so that they have a better chance at being successful in the new role. Go back and
1: listen to all of our previous podcasts. There's a graduate degree waiting for you at the end of listening to every single one of our podcasts. And for $50,000,
0: we will give you a certificate (laughs) to that effect. From the oh, right. University of Quinto and Anderson.
1: That's right, and you you will also get one month of free coaching from Craig Anderson
0: <laughs> for fifty. So I'm keeping most of the fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. Perfect. All right. Wow, I didn't know we had a whole university now.
1: Yeah. See, so well, there are some people who well, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, moving on. There weren't really universities. <laughs>
0: Here we go. Before Lou takes us completely off track today. Yeah. So let's talk, Lou, about the three things, three areas where leaders can help themselves be more successful. Just three. So they are, um, one, to listen before they act. Next one we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about prioritization and time management, which we touched on in our last episode, and delegation and accountability. So Lou, that first one around listening before you act. Part of me feels like there's a little bit of critical thinking in
1: there. Too. Oh, there's tons Am I wrong? of
0: long. Oh, we no, just no. kind of lob that one in there for
1: you. Oh, yeah. No, no. There's tons of listening when it comes to critical thinking skills, uh, because if you ask questions, you've got to listen for answers and you've got to listen for the data and the information not to fulfill what you believe should be going on or the action that you want to take because we call that information or confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times listening, particularly not just talking one-on-one with individuals, but I've seen this a lot when a leader is in front of a group and they're the person in the front of the room with the pen and they're going through and getting information from the team on new solutions, ideas, with a brainstorming session. And whether the leader knows it or not, they are not listening to what the group is actually saying. Mm -hmm. They're listening for that information, which matches what they already believe to be true. And you have seen it, I've seen it, and I know every one of our listeners and viewers has seen it too, where the leader will write something up, someone will have an idea, and they'll write that up on the board. And then another person will have an idea and they write that up on the board. And then Craig, you'll have an idea and I'll go, Craig, okay, does anyone else have any ideas? And I didn't write your idea up on the board because in that split second, I thought about your idea and I dismissed it because it didn't fulfill the what I think was a good idea. And so it didn't match what I believe to be true. And so therefore we, we don't listen for the resolve. We, we, we've got to listen to the data and the information. Uh, in fact, I always like to say, know, God gave you two ears and one mouth, use them appropriately and shut up and listen and use both of those ears to hear what's going on and try to listen to all of that information fairly and accurately.
0: That sounds like more advice you got from Grandma Quinto.
1: Actually, yeah, it is. There you go. Well, yeah, it's really she just cute. told me to shut up a lot. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I figured
0: that's why that part was so much more emphatic as you were going through your explanation. So, no, you're right. It's, you, I didn't have a grandma who told me that. But, you know, second grade teachers told us to put our listening ears on. And I, I think that's a crucial piece for a leader because you may come in, especially if you're promoted from within. You know, one of the challenges when you move from individual contributor to leadership is you think you know all the answers. But you don't necessarily know all the questions. Right. And when you get up into that leadership role, if you start prescriptively saying, well, this is what worked in this specific area where I worked all the time. Yep. So we're going to apply my success to everybody. That's going to be a problem. So when you start the new leadership role, listening, go
1: on the listening tour. That's important. In fact, just what you said, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just did. you you, You weren't listening. If you do that a lot, you're not going to have anybody to listen to Oh, yeah. because people are going to get conditioned that when I go in lose meeting, he's going to do all the talking. And so I'm not going to say anything. And you are shutting people down.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that absolutely happens. It's, it's a disincentive for the employees. You're going to lose engagement. You're going to see people that trit out. And, you know, we've already talked about before all the studies showing, and I saw another raft of things that we'll probably talk about soon about what's happening with people leaving now that COVID's over and they're like, oh, screw this, I'm out. Uh, so I think we're going to see that's that's what happens when you're a leader who does not listen, when you are a leader who does not engage. Right. That's how you learn the things that you need to make. And quite honestly, one of the things you need to learn as a leader is don't listen to just the people who direct report to you. Right. Where you can, I mentioned in the last episode, having my office out looking to the break area and being out there from time to time, you hear a lot more about what's really going on that may not always get transmitted up the chain and make it to you. So, listening is a crucial factor, not just to your direct reports, but really listen to the pulse of the organization and see
1: what. Yeah, going. yeah. No, in, in fact, one of the things I always talk about when I talk about maintaining an open mind is to expand your network of people, you know, across different service lines, across different departments, and you will hear what's going on, which will make you a better leader. There you go. All right, fix that one. Check.
0: <laughs> let's move on to the next one. Right. Let's talk about prioritization and time management. Now, if we're taking this loop in perspective of a newer leader moving into that role, who wants perhaps to be
1: successful, they, right? Yep,
0: they may have leaders above them and teams below them, right. all of whom are pulling and tugging at
1: their time. Yeah. What do they do? Yeah. Well, the the, the first thing I would suggest is that for every issue that you have, You have to ask yourself two questions. This will help you prioritize. This is down and dirty, quick and fast. And that is, first of all, is it urgent? If it's urgent, then you need to address it right away. It's your squeaky wheel. It's got to be taken care of. The second question I always tell people to ask themselves of any issue, problem that they're dealing with is, is it risky? Because if risk is involved, you want to slow down and take your time doing that. And so it may drop down on your priority list as far as addressing something immediately, because if you act fast on something that could be risky, chances are you're gonna break stuff, and then you got to spend a lot of time doing rework and fixing that stuff and wasting a lot of time. And that's going to have more people tugging at you. So when it comes to prioritization, obviously, we can go back to the, the Franklin Cubby, you know, create your to-do list, A, B, and C. Start with A's and move down to B's. B's will eventually become A's. C's will become B's and so on. OK, if that system you use it, it works. That is great. But when you're being tugged in so many different angles and you've got stuff coming at You, it's hitting you left and right from the time you walk in the door. You've got to be, you know, you've got to be like that. What what was that old movie, uh, you know, that kung fu movie where you just got to toss away spears that are coming being thrown at you when you're walking from the door of the office to your desk because people are going, Hey, Lou, I need to talk to you about this, Craig, hey, I got this issue, I need to. And you're just trying to figure out how do I get to my desk? Yeah, with those things that happen, how urgent is it, and also. Is it risky? And the third one I'll throw in there is that is what is the impact that this issue is having on either the team, the organization, the company? Because the greater the impact, the higher up in priority that it needs to be addressed right away. Yeah. That's Lou Quinto's formula for three questions to ask to help prioritize. Well, and, and so you beat that one, Craig Anderson. But
0: here I'll just I'll just apply. The world of practical experience. There's a lot of things you're going to think aren't urgent that are going to come from your boss and are going to steamroll everything you got to do.
1: Absolutely. And
0: and what I don't recommend doing is saying, oh, yeah, let me dump this business generating activity I'm doing today, boss, so I can fill out this one pager for the board meeting that they won't even look at. That's (laughs) what we call a career limiting move. Don't do that.
1: (laughs) Boy, you said that with 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 such excitement and enthusiasm. I feel that there's a story behind that.
0: I saw that in a movie once.
1: You saw it in a I movie. I saw
0: that in a movie. So that makes it even more important to really have a good handle on your priorities and your time management because there's always going to be things that come out that are not urgent to you but are going to be urgent because of some reason that you can't control customer issues, senior leadership issues, right? Those are things that you're just going to have to deal with. And sometimes they can blow up your whole day. Heck, you can have something, a computer goes down and right. That becomes the urgent thing for the day. These are the things. So really having everything else on hold so that, you know, when those things come up that you can't control, how it impacts the things that you can, that's going to be important context for knowing what to do in those situations. Yeah. So I would add that as the Quinto corollary, the Anderson corollary to the Quinto rules.
1: To, to the quintal formula. <laughs> formula, sorry. It's not, a, it's not a rule yet. We're, we're, it's, we're only at the formula stage. There are
0: no rules, I, dude. this I, is anarchy. This is anarchy. All
1: right, I will say this when it comes to time management. I always tell people, particularly executives when I'm coaching, is don't set yourself up for failure by trying to have a goal of you're going to get so much accomplished in one day kick it down a few notches because at the end of the day if you didn't meet that goal of these were the things that at 8 a.m i was going to get i was going to accomplish and then your boss came to you with a one pager that you needed to fill out for the board that they'd never look at as as craig's story is or i read about yeah, or your computer goes down. At the end of the day, you're frustrated because you feel you didn't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. So set don't set the bar too high where you walk out of the office feeling you never got anything done that day. It's almost like when I play golf. See, golf for me is an aerobic exercise where some people can complete a golf course in just 72 strokes. I actually have 72 real strokes. In the course of 18 holes, because it is that much of an aerobic exercise. But what, you know, what what I what, what I tell people is to use that golf analogy that each hole has a par. For those of you who don't play golf, you're supposed to be able to off the tee get your ball into the hole 450 yards away in four strokes or five strokes, whatever that might be. And for the person who is not a good golfer and you want to make the game enjoyable. What I do is I take the scorecard and I change all the fours to sixes so that if I double bogey a hole, that sounds like such a bad word, but if my goal was to get a six, I feel good. I made a six. If I get a five, I feel even better. But if I am looking at my goal as a four on four strokes for a hole and I get a six or seven, it depresses me. So with your goals for time management, don't set them too high, because if you're a leader, you're not going to get everything done that you want to get done. If you're a good leader, if you're a bad leader, you'll get all your stuff done and the heck with everyone else. <laughs> well, this does, that's a great segue.
0: And the third thing that we want to talk about is really for you to understand and learn and master the skills of delegation and holding people accountable for outcomes. Right. That is the secret to getting things done as a leader is you get them done by other people because you are trying to focus as you move up in the organization. Your focus shifts further and further into the future and those day-to-day tasks you need to effectively delegate and hold people accountable to make sure they're done. So how do we do that? Rick?
1: Well, we had a great podcast a couple months ago with uh, Lynn Zettler. Did Did I say your last name right? Lynn Zettler. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Lynn Zettler. And we talked about accountability and creating an accountability culture. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if you put together a plan and you've been good, you're putting together that plan and you've got assignments, who's going to do what and when are they going to get it done by? And that is the beginning of holding people accountable. So take all of the issues, the action items that need to be taken care of and find the right people to do it because people are talented. People have different talents. And what you want to do is you want to give tasks to those people who this is in their bailiwick. And you know that if you give it to them, they can get it done the most effective and efficient way possible, save time, save resources, because this is what they do. It's in their wheelhouse. And you need to be able to delegate different tasks to different people who can get it done the best way possible. And many times, Mr. or Mrs. Leader, you aren't the best person to do that task. Someone else is. And that's when you get into the delegation. And then the accountability part of it is after you've made that assignment is not to come up to them right at the deadline. But what you want to do is if you've asked them to do a task and it's a Monday and you said, can you get to me on Friday? On Wednesday. Check in with them Wednesday morning. Hey, just want to check in. Do you need any help? Is there anything I can provide? You don't want to go in and say, hey, how's it coming? You're getting it done? Because that's a little accusatory. But just check in. What resources do you need? Are we on schedule for Friday? It's going to be important that we get this done. And that begins to create that accountability.
0: Yeah. So I would say the next level on this, a little bit to your point, is once you kind of get moving on these things, Dig up the situational leadership model, Lou. I know you're familiar with it. It's Drucker, Absolutely. right? You're it right. Yes. And realize that your delegation is important. That the amount of direction you're going to have to provide till so you can fully delegate and release it. Those are two different kinds of people at two different stages of development. Yep. So when you're really in the masterclass version of leadership, it's looking to see, okay. Here, I've got four people I'm going to delegate things to. I may have to handle each of them differently depending on their, where they're at on their curve of progression. Right. And I may have to check in every day during the week and help for employee one. Employee two, if I just double check on Thursday, make sure nothing blew up, I'm probably going to be fine. And that's you really need to start understand, knowing where I need to provide different levels of direction based on that employee's capability. They may have the talents and skills, but not the experience. So just think about that. That's kind of the masterclass version of delegation and accountability is knowing those people that you have to kind of helicopter over and then knowing when to release people from the helicopter so yeah. that they can kind of go out on their own and you yeah. have the confidence they will get it done. So that's kind of the next level of yeah. the delegation and accountability. Yeah.
1: But re- regardless of where they are on the situational leadership scale, accountability is important. Yep. Check in before the deadline. How's it coming? What do you need? Do you need any help? Works perfectly.
0: Yep. So, yep. It's kind of the next level down.
1: Or up, yeah. Yeah. So very good. Well, Lou, what is your key takeaway from today? Well, uh, my key takeaway from today is you want to be a successful leader. First of all, you don't have all the answers. And I think I said this in the last uh, week's episode that we did. You need to ask questions and Listen for the answer. And don't listen for the answer that you expect. You may get answers that you didn't expect that may be contrary to what you believe to be true. And you need to understand that that's just, things have changed. And what you thought was happening may not be happening but you've got to just sit there. And as I, and I am, I still practice to this day, 61 years old. I just sit there and I bite my tongue many times because I want to jump in with an answer or make a comment. And I just have to bite my tongue into myself. I just keep saying, shut up and listen, shut up and listen, shut up and listen. That's how I make sure that I listen more than I talk. That's my key takeaway.
0: All right. So I have two key takeaways today. One, we're going to find out if telling stories from my deep, dark past is a good idea or a bad idea to see how much trouble I get into after. The <laughs> Thing two is really that understanding that a lot of times when you're not in a leadership role, you may think, well, I'm, one of the things that's going to be great when I'm in a leadership role is my time will be mine and I can make my own decision. And it couldn't be further from the truth your time really is even harder managing a leadership role because you're getting it from a lot of different directions yeah so really the importance of effective time management having a plan is a crucial piece to your success as a leader so those are my two takeaways from today Lee.
1: fantastic that's great well we hope you've enjoyed today's episode on how to be successful in your new leadership role and I know we've talked about a lot of things uh, but at the same time we've only really hit the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more. If you want to be a successful uh, leader in that new role, there are a lot more things you need to do, but I hope Craig and I gave you a start. If you like this episode, please like, share, subscribe, leave us a comment. Talk to us about maybe some personal situations that you've been in where you've taken over a new leadership role because we'd love to be able to have that to maybe broadcast in, in a future podcast or maybe even invite you to come on and talk to us about how to how your experience may help other leaders. In addition to that, don't forget, we are available every week on all of your social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we are also available on all of your major podcast platforms. So until next, next time, Keep learning to be the best leader you can be. I'm Lou Quinto.
0: And I'm Craig Anderson.